Chapter 12, Part 3 Christian and Erica were in the main room along with a dozen other residents, the bartender, and two barmaids. The people that lived on the floors above had come down to stay the course with the others in the bar for company. Hours had passed since Jenner left and told them to stay put. The barkeep assured them that everything would be fine. They picked at their food for the first hour. Then, the sounds of battle had echoed to them from outside. They heard the screams of dying men and the howls of the dark fay. It sounded like a wild stampede, and it went on for hours. Do you think Jenner's all right? Erica asked Christian. She adjusted the rapier on her back. After the first sounds of battle, the two of them had returned to their room to get their weapons, just in case. A handful of other customers had done the same, holding swords or clubs, to make themselves feel better, if nothing else. After a while, they grew sleepy. Then they heard the crash from above. Everyone looked to the ceiling. It sounded like it was on the second floor. After reassuring everyone, the barkeep and two other men went up to investigate. They crept up the back steps to the second floor. Everyone else gathered together, listening as they heard the footsteps of the three men above. The next moment, an inhuman shriek echoed off the walls, and the sound of men yelling, then screaming. Everyone backed away from the stairs, falling backwards over tables. Christian pulled Erica towards one of the overturned tables, using it as cover. He lifted his crossbow and steadied it on the edge of the table, aiming in the direction of the steps. One of the barmaids had fled for cover behind the bar. Everyone else gathered together on the opposite side of the room. All fell silent. Earl? The barmaid called out, peering around the side of the bar to where the steps led. Nothing. She crept out into the hallway, advancing one trembling step at a time. Christian motioned for her to stop, but she missed him. He started to call out, but Erica covered his mouth, shaking her head. The woman had a bottle in one hand and a steak knife in the other. She reached the first steps and started to creep up the stairs. She leaned against the wall and peered around the corner once she reached the top of the stairs. She looked for a bit, then continued up to the landing. Christian was able to see her turn and take a few steps before she walked out of his field of vision. Then the woman screamed. One minute the top of the steps were empty, then Christian saw the woman fly backwards against the wall, a dark fay barreling into her. Her scream turned into a gurgle as they collided into the wall, the demon's horns puncturing her chest and stomach in a dozen places as it gored her. Another demon charged past, down the steps. Then its companion stepped back, letting the woman slouch to the floor, clutching at her stomach. It turned and ran down the steps after the other. Christian focused and aimed, squeezing off two bolts at the lead demon. It cackled at Christian, until the two bolts connected with its face and tore deep holes into it. The demon behind grabbed its companion, using it as a shield, as it charged into the group of people hiding near the back of the room. It released the demon as it stepped into the group, throwing its head wide left and right, cutting those too slow to get out of the way. Men swung in with their swords and staves, but they were knocked aside or got tangled in the creature's horns. 
Christian tried to aim, but he could not get a clear shot amongst the crowd. Instead, he fired two more bolts into the one on the ground, which was still moving. Erica turned and stepped out and placed the tip of her blade on the back of the creature lying on the ground, then jumped and threw her whole body into it, the blade piercing the skin and pinning the unfortunate monster to the ground. Then she backed away and jumped back behind the table with Christian. Christian put a hand on her shoulder. She was shaking. Are you okay? She nodded, watching as the demon on the ground ceased its twitching. Christian reloaded his crossbow, feeding more bolts into the chamber. The other demon was making a mess of the challengers. It went into a frenzy, thrashing its claws and horns, jumping around, striking out with horn in hand, tooth and claw. Christian tried again to get a shot, moving out from the table, but it kept using the other tables, chairs, and patrons as interference. Erica looked from Christian to the dark fae, then darted out from cover and pulled her rapier from the corpse. She stepped in, stealing a smack on the back of the creature's head. It spun and barked at her, shaking its head in anger. Erica slid back, keeping up her sword. She got in two more pokes, one near the eye and the other on the neck. She was unable to cut it, but the hits were sharp and hard. It swung with its clawed arms, but Erica dodged and ducked out of the way before they were anywhere near her. It dove at her feet, but she jumped the attack, skipping around it, swatting it twice with her rapier as she passed by. Stay back, Christian said, seeing the people looking to rejoin the fray. He needed to get a clear shot, and them joining the fight would only make it harder. He was still worried about hitting Erica if he tried to kill it, so instead he aimed low, hitting the beast's leg in the back of the knee. It tumbled to the ground, face forward, swinging its arms wild in an attempt to catch Erica in its grasp, but she smacked its hands away with her blade. Erica leapt into the air and somersaulted over its head, bringing her blade point down as she landed pinning this one to the ground as she had its friend. But her momentum was off, and she slipped and landed on the ground beside it. It whipped its head around to where she fell. She rolled, bringing her hands up to guard her face, feeling the sharp horn slashing into her fingers. Christian stepped forward, positioning himself behind the beast, and then used his foot to brace the creature's head, firing off three shots point-blank into the back of the demon's skull. It went limp. Its thrashing ceased. Three people lay dead, and others wounded. The other barmaid ran over to the steps to check on her friend. She was alive, breath rasping. Blood trickled down the first few steps from wounds. She tried to mouth something to the other woman, but her eyes went big and she started to cough. Then she shook, as if a cord around her waist had just been yanked. The other barmaid let out a cry and backed away. Christian ran over to see what was the matter, witnessing the spasming woman on the steps. The poison, he mouthed, remembering Jenner's warning about the horns. He ran over to the other wounded. Some of the men had slouched down, trying to draw breath, while others floundered, their arms and legs twitching in erratic patterns. The few survivors backed away, trembling and sniffling, 
as the wounded went into death rows, shaking with such violence bones could be heard snapping. Erica turned to Christian and started to cry, holding on to him. Christian dropped his crossbow and held her. I, I don't feel well, she gasped, sliding to the floor. He eased her down, cradling her in his arms. He looked at her in silence, holding her, holding her close. She tugged on his sleeve. What, Erica, what can I do? He said, holding back tears, looking into her eyes. I, I feel warm, she sputtered, coughing and hacking. Her body shook hard with each cough. She felt so frail under his hands, he could feel each tremor. When her body started to shake, he closed his eyes. He felt tears running down his face. Erica doubled over in his arms, her face pressed to her knees, her legs curled up under her, her arms wrapped around herself. The shaking continued for what felt like hours to Christian, until he felt her go limp in his hands. He almost lost hold of her, such did it catch him by surprise. He tilted her head back. Her eyes were closed, her face flush. He laid her down on the floor of the inn. Then he wiped the tears from his eyes. One of the survivors, the barmaid, Maven, came over and put her hand on his shoulder. She helped save us. If it wasn't for her, we'd... Her voice trailed off. Christian let his head sink into his hand. Christian, I, I don't think she's dead, Maven said, kneeling down next to the girl. Christian blinked his eyes, looking down at Erica. Her face was rosy and full of color, but her hand was bleeding and swollen, raked by the horns, like the others that now lay dead around them. I, I've seen enough passed-out drunks in my day. She has too much color in her face, Maven continued, reaching down and touching a hand to Erica's forehead. She then cupped a hand in front of Erica's nose and mouth. She breathes, see, Maven said pulling Christian down and beside her, putting his hand in front of her face, feeling the shallow breaths Erica was exhaling. Maybe she wasn't cut too deep. Maybe she just sick from it. Let's get her up to bed. Christian nodded, picking Erica up in his arms, carrying her to their room. Maven opened the door for him, and he laid her down on the bed, pulling the sheets aside. I'm going to boil some tea. It's good for relaxing. I don't think it'll do anything for the poison, but we can't go anywhere until things settle down outside. Can you wait with her? Christian said, reloading his crossbow. You can't go out there. You had trouble with the two of them. There's probably a sea of the little devils out there, Maven said, regarding Christian with an incredulous look. Oh, I am not going out there, but I need to see how those two got in. You are right. The two of us had our hands full with two of them. I should like to make sure no one else gets the same idea. Be careful. Don't do anything crazy. Just take a peek. I'll stay with her until you get back. Christian nodded, walking back out down the hall. The main room had been rearranged, the remaining patrons having covered the corpses. Some drank from the bar, looking around like the attack would come at any moment. Christian took a breath, then turned and headed off toward the stairs. He grimaced as he neared the top. The other barmaid sprawled across the top few steps, blood dripping from her body. 
and a slight purplish-brown goo seeping from the corner of her lips. Christian stepped around the woman's corpse, then moved with his back against the wall, turning the corner. He could make out the footprints of the creatures, a trace of mud on the floor. He followed them to the end of the corridor, where they led into a back room. He could hear the cries of battle, but they sounded far away. He pushed the door to the room open, and the sounds intensified. Shutters hung open, and the night sky was pouring into the room. He crept up to the window, coming by its side, and peered out. Torchlight bathed the city, and he saw the horde of demons running rampant through the streets. He could hear calls from men, organizing pockets of resistance from somewhere beyond his view. As he got closer to the window, he saw what must have happened. The building they were in was built close to the wall that surrounded Hallen's hold. He could see the little demons scattered along the ramparts, some still picking off guards that were there. It was a bit of a jump, but he could see how the open window made an appetizing target. Christian wondered if Jenner was all right. He closed the shutters, throwing the latch across the windows, then tilted a bed frame up against the shutters for good measure. He made his way back downstairs, sitting next to Eric on the bed, who seemed to be in a deep sleep. He held her hand while Maven left to prepare the tea. It'll be all right, Erica. It will be all right. Roland dove to the side as the prince smashed his club where he had just been standing. When the head collided with the ground, a great column of ice shot out of the earth into the air, towering as tall as the prince, an icy stalagmite jutting. Roland worked his way around the prince, dodging left and right, working his way around until his back was to the broken gates. The prince laughed, cackling in a guttural chirp at Roland. The prince came in hard, repeating swing after swing, knocking what was left of the gates off their hinges in an attempt to crush the knight. But Roland moved with a speed that belied his appearance. What seemed like luck was calculated tactical maneuvering on Roland's part. He had a plan, letting the prince construct a wall of ice that blocked the exit left by the ruined gates. Each thump of the club sent a pillar towering into the air, one after another. Once the barricade was complete, Roland went on the offensive, adopting a two-handed grip on his greatsword that he used to bring to bear on the prince. The prince scoffed at first, intending to let the little man wear himself out in his fury, but he kept coming. After several minutes of weathering the man's assault, it was the prince who was tiring. Each parry came slower, each block less defiant. The prince rattled off a hymn to send a shower of ice down on the knight, but he shrugged it off, the ice disintegrating in a flash of golden light. Roland swung again, bringing the sword to bear faster than the prince could follow. The prince grasped the head of his club, holding it in front of him to slow the blow from the sword. Roland impacted against the club and followed through, shattering it to pieces and knocking the prince back several feet, where he fell to the ground. Roland lunged forward, lifting the sword over his head and chopping down like a woodsman swinging an axe. The prince raised his head in time to see the blade descend, slicing in just behind the neck of the prince, 
slicing through tendon and muscle and bone until the blade cut into the earth itself. The prince tried to yell, but its voice was cut off as the crystalline blade severed its vocal cords. Hands grasped for its neck, but the beast toppled over on its side. The large gash in its neck sprang bloody ichor into the air. Rally to me, men! To me! The battle is not yet won! Roland's voice echoed over the town, carried on the wings of his god. Another thing happened while Roland rallied the town. The dark face stopped, as if coming out of an alcoholic haze. Their swings slowed, and their howls dwindled. The defenders of Helen's Hold cheered, capitalizing on the moment of surprise to press their attack. And, as quick as it started, the tables turned. The Dark Fae found themselves turning and fleeing, the inspiring presence of their god now gone. They ran for the gates and found Roland waiting. They ignored the man at first, but as they leapt from the wall to escape the hold, Roland cut them down where they landed, becoming a crescendo of speed and steel. Men rallied and charged the gates as well. Majir pitched explosions of fire, corralling the monsters towards Roland. Umbrunsway muscled forward to stand at Roland's side, lending his strength and solidarity to the knight's vigor. The Dark Fae were still many. They began pressing in on the men, forcing their backs to the wall. And there they stood their ground, not one demon scaling the wall to safety. And then it happened. Like pulling away a knight's blanket, the sun crested the eastern mountains, flooding the valley with golden blue light. The light touched the icy pillars, causing the light to magnify, illuminating the hold and radiant beams. The dark fae were terrified. When the sunlight caressed their skin, smoke rose as their flesh bubbled. Their gaze looked upon the orbs in the sky, and their eyes melted from their sockets, sending the demons into agonizing shrieks of terror. All across the hold, dark fae went kicking and screaming to the ground the sun eradicating their presence from the valley. By the time the sun rose to its full glory over the land, the dark fay were nothing more than smoking piles of ash, a soon fading memory from the inhabitants of Hallen's Hold. Hello, and thank you for listening to the World of Grey podcast. For any questions about the podcast, or the books in general, email me at podcast at josephporthos.com. My two books, Fallen Throne and Dark Halo, are available for download on the Amazon Kindle store for the low price of $3 apiece. I don't output a ton of updates, but when I do release one, you can find it on Facebook at Joseph Porthos, or on my website located at josephporthos.com. I hope you enjoyed today's chapter, and I look forward to you tuning in again next time. This is Joseph Porthos, signing off.